0: The desire of Titus women is to invite women around the world to know Jesus as their savior, center, and source. May God guide and encourage you through this message. As we look at Corinthians, we're going to see that Jesus uses the weak. He uses the, um, the unpolished. Um, he uses the word foolish here, and sometimes I feel like that's me. and. Um, he, so that no one can say it was me. So no one can boast because they know it was him. So as we look at first Corinthians, um, you know, Paul had his hands full when the Corinthians wrote him this letter and they had lots of problems. As you know, Corinth is known. I mean, it's kind of like the Las Vegas of of that area, except Las Vegas is kind of nice compared to Corinth, you know, Corinth had that temple of Aphrodite looking over the city, you know. So you had, every time you went out your door, you'd see the temple there. A thousand prostitutes roamed the streets. So you had this, um, I'm, near our house, we had a little a section where you always could see these prostitutes waiting and that was unnerving. Can you imagine every, every corner seeing um, um, prostitutes? And um, so they had also, they were wealthy wealthy you know this port city was wealthy so you got you had the central pleasures you had the wealth I mean a lot of stuff was going on and so when when the Corinthians wrote to Paul saying we got some problems here (laughs) he wrote back um, a letter that they probably didn't expect Uh, I think they wanted a, a a handbook, a, a manual. I think that's what John um, Juneman said. They wanted a manual and he told them something else. And I love that about Paul. He always tells us something else that we're not expecting. Um, I just in Philippians, he's in the middle of prison. Rejoice. Um, there's a lot of preachers that are kind of bad mouthing him and preaching the gospel. And he says, Go, go for it. He doesn't say, oh, You, you know, you mean old preachers he says just so the word of god is preached he was kind of unoffendable um and even later it says it's better for me to die than to live i mean so he's always saying doing what you don't expect so in the in corinthians he's saying to them okay (laughs) there i have the solution to your problem and it's jesus in you and through you that's it and they were like, well, can you help us out a little bit? <laughs> and so he did. He, 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 he told them about how to deal with the, the immoral situation. Uh, he gave them some things to do. Um, he, but he just kept coming back. And if you look at um, a few verses, I'm going to just read a few. Uh, 1 Corinthians um, one thirty says, He, God, is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom, our righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. Christ in you. Then he says in 1 Corinthians 2.16, but we have the mind of Christ. I don't know if he was wishful thinking, but we have the mind of Christ. So that's Christ in you. 1 Corinthians 3.23, and you are Christ, and Christ's God. So Christ in you. And then 1 Corinthians 6.15, we have, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Christ through you. And so we're going to even talk more today about Christ through you, what that means for a church. And um, Jesus, uh, P- Paul kept saying, it's Jesus focus. <laughs> as we, as Titus women said, he's the source and he's the center. He is it. So that's the only way we're going to come through anything with the church is Christ in us. That's, that's holiness in the church. How do we act as Jesus in our church and the church of the world? It's not just for a little group of people. It's for the church, for the world. Um, I love how um, uh, Dr. Juniman describes the church. And I'm gonna, he says the church is a group of people who surrender to Jesus and respond to him, a group that is working in, that he is working in and through and that there's an exponential dynamic that occurs in that group. Isn't that beautiful? This is the church. Jesus is free to do whatever he wants to do. I love that. I love when I see it. I love when I see people that are willing to take risk. Um, we have a church. So there's this, one of our churches um, decided to, they got um, Good Samaritan. Uh, the Samaritan's Purse, said that we will, you know, we'll give you um, supplies. We'll give you the, the little, opera, the, the gift boxes and um, but you need to go disciple children so this church said okay there's a red light district area i mean there's a there's a dangerous place where there's no church so they decided to take these little boxes of goodies and they went to this neighborhood where um it's like the drug lords kind of are kind of watching everything you do in fact they're trying to lure these young kids um you know to be their, um, you know, workers, and and um, in fact, when the church went to go look out, uh, spy out the land, there was a young man there teaching soccer, and he goes, "We need, we need help because I'm teaching these boys soccer. I'm, I'm trying to invest in them because I watch the drug lords look around and they're trying, they're trying to figure out what I'm doing <laughs> and if I'm going to be a threat to them." So this church decided. We're going to be a threat to them, so they went. They took these boxes and they had um, these um, precious um, meetings Saturdays and and um, Sundays. Actually, my friend, who's the pastor's wife, she went and I. She didn't know if she got COVID there, but um, she got COVID pretty soon afterwards. So um, they were so this church, willing to do what Jesus wanted to do, went to this place and was Jesus there for um, uh, about. Uh, six or three months, they were there um, doing just what Jesus um, wanted them to do. So they're hoping to continue, but we've been in kind of lockdown. But I love when the church church says, Jesus is risky. We don't know what you're up to, but use us. Use the weak things of this world to confound the the wise. So they went. So um, Jesus needs to be front and center. Now, one of the things um, that we see at the church, that there's two things that the holiness does for the church, a lot of things, but, um, gives unity because when we are holy, we're not fighting each other. (laughs) We're loving each other. We're, we're trying to see who can out love the other, you know, I mean that, that, that would, that would, that would should be it. And then there's fruit. We have unity and we have fruit. And those are the two, what, just two of the things that the holy uh, holiness brings to our church. And so we just pray that we can be um, part of that unity and that fruitfulness. Um, unity is so important that the devil will do whatever he can to divide. And um, one of the uh, amazing um, stories I heard um, just about um, about a year ago, not far from where we live, there's a, um, a, a kind of a breakfast place. And, and in, in Manaus, you have no snow, you have nothing lower than 75 degrees. So everything's kind of outside. You, you've got the roof because you got rain. So everything's kind of open. So I've been to this breakfast place. And so, you know, families are sitting around and this guy drives up in his motorcycle and um, he has a weapon. And he starts going from table to table saying, hand over your cell phone, your, your watch, your money so people are doing it (laughs) and so he went from table to table to table he got to the seventh table and all the men from all the other tables they got up and overpowered him took away his weapon called the police and took all the money back (laughs) and i i loved it i said that's what the church does if we're separate we're vulnerable the, the, the evil ones got us, <laughs> and we're, we got to surrender. But together, we just jump on them <laughs> and beat them up. I don't think they beat them up, but we call on Jesus, and we, we go ahead. So I love that that we have to have unity. And um, what at any cost, we got to bring unity. Not, not conformity. We, oh, we all are going to think differently. We're all going to have ideas that kind of bother other people. But that's okay, because I think that makes us stronger. We got to have that. So let's look at First Corinthians 12, 1. So living holiness in the church. Um, and so here's John, um, uh, Dr. Juniman's um, definition again. Um, church is a group of people who surrender to Jesus and respond to him. a group that he is working in and through, and that there's an exponential dynamic that occurs among that group. Okay, so we talked about the two things, the marks of the church that holiness brings, unity and fruitfulness. Okay, so 1 Corinthians um, 2, uh, 12. Now he says, okay, this is from the ESV. Now concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be uninformed. And I love how, uh, I don't know what your version says, but in another version it says ignorant. <laughs> I don't want you to be. Ignorant, and I, that's really strong. But I think that is really what he was saying. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray um, to mute idols. However, you were however you were led. And I think that's so interesting because they were held captive. This word "led astray" means in bondage. Um, they made have thought they were free with all the the stuff going on, with all the pleasure and the and the priest rites and the and the um, Just the practicing whatever they were they were doing they weren't free they were they were in bondage and i love that now they're being led by the holy spirit and so i think in a way peter's saying now remember how it was now look at what it is and um is a a world of difference and so therefore i want you to understand um, um that no one speaking in the spirit um of god ever says jesus is accursed and no one can say jesus is lord except in the holy spirit and i i think that's so important because it's not it's we're not talking about lip lip speak that's i don't know what the right word is but it's not that i can just say it but i can mean it jesus is lord and he could have been talking to the the jews who would never have said that for a million years but that they would have, they understood through the Holy Spirit who Jesus was, and they were saved. So they could say, Jesus is Lord. Okay. Now we're going to talk a little bit about um, uh, gifts. I don't know about you. I love gifts. And so here is another precious little duo that loves gifts. Can you see the joy on their face? Um their grandma has picked out two gifts just for them. And they're so excited. And what I love about this gift, these gifts, um, they're not wanting the other gift, they they love their gift. And so this, um, when the spirit gives us gifts, he gives it for us, just for us. He's crafted it just for us. And if we start thinking we want someone else's gift, we're gonna be out of line in a lot of ways. Anyway, so we're going to talk about that in a second. So we're going to talk about the extraordinary gifts that come from um, uh, the Holy Spirit for the church. And what I love when we look at these first verses uh, of the gifts, um, we'll see, and I hope you saw this. When I asked you to look for the same or one, you you saw the the Trinity at work. Gifts are attributed to the Holy Spirit in verse four, administration, administration, gifts are, are, uh, attributed to Jesus and, um, the operation to God, the father, isn't that beautiful? And, um, I, am going to throw it up here again, because what I loved in my version was I wish I'd had y'all look for this, you know, talk about same, 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 same one in common. I love this one, the variety that there's the same Lord, but there's such a variety of the gifts that he gives us. And, um, and so let me just look at, we're going to look at those gifts real quick. I'm not really talk about them, but just kind of mention that, you know, utterance of wisdom, knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, um, working miracles, uh, distinguishing between the spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. But the thing to notice here is, I, I love the last part, it's he who gives it. He who says, this is for you. And um, so it's a beautiful thing that he, he has us, but it's not, okay, I'm going to back up. It's not for you. <laughs> it's not for you. It's for the world. It's the gift is never meant for us. It's meant for the world or for the church and, um, and both as the church, as we are the church in the world, we affect uh, others. So it's never meant for us. And so that's why you can never get kind of jealous because um, uh, it's not for you anyway. <laughs> it's for someone else. Now, there is one gift I'm in, I'm, I might be kind of jealous of not having. And I'm going to show you this one because John Oswald, he talks about there are more gifts than what's here and what's in Galatians and what's in other parts. I think Romans, I can't remember the other places. They're, they're more than that because you, you didn't have um, technology you know, back in Paul's part. So you've got people that are gifted in the church for that kind of thing. Well, so here's one gift I'm really jealous of. Okay, can I show it to you? (laughs) This is uh, the gift of art, (laughs) which um, my um, precious um, uh, sister-in-law has. And um, so she did this beautiful, beautiful mural um, talking about the harvest. And her artwork blesses the church in in such a fabulous way. Um, And then I have a few other ones. Okay, so here, here's some other beautiful gifts. Gift of preaching, gift of teaching, tech ability, but the gift of music, that's not in the scriptures, but is definitely a gift. The gift of service, the gift of healing, hospitality. The gifts are so, so diverse, they're so various. And he uses all of them um, in such amazing ways for us. And let's, I I know there's some parts in um, uh, Corinthians 12, as you go beyond that, he talks about the body. And I I love when he talks about um, the weaker parts, um, the parts that are are, um, maybe even, we don't talk about very much, (laughs) he says, those parts. I mean, you can lose an arm and you're okay, but if you lose your bowels, you're not okay. <laughs> so there's some parts that are are precious, and you protect them. And I was thinking about. Um, I have a precious sister um, who's um, has many challenges. She's handicapped and and um, she um, lives in a retirement home with a. Um, and there is a church, a Methodist church, in Nicholasville that would, a guy would go, a, a preacher would go every Wednesday to this little retirement home with people that are hard to teach, <laughs> that maybe aren't getting it all, but he'd go every Wednesday and teach in the Bible at three in the afternoon. I mean, that's not holiness. I don't know what is, what is, and um, it, it had to stop about a year ago, but I thought it was so precious that, that We have to be reaching out to the to the weaker, the people that maybe demand a little bit more from us. And I was thinking about, I don't know about you here on this on this on on this call, but I know that there's quite a few of you who are taking care of maybe parents or a sick child. And, And I think about that. I think about what that demands from us women as caregivers. And it's not the gift that people are like, give me that one. I want that gift. But it's the gift that serves and blesses. And I think it blesses the heart of Jesus more than we would ever imagine. That women who have goals and dreams are saying, no, I'm going to take care of my loved one who needs me. And I think that's a precious uh, thing as I think about first peter or first corinthians 12 that that weaker part that weaker member um brings out in us a whole holiness in a whole new way and that we need those people we need those people that are um not the easiest and not we're not even sure really what i don't know how to um to love daily and to just keep doing it is because of Jesus It's because of Jesus. And, um, and he gives us all that we need for that as well. So Bringle, I'm going to, I am been reading Bringle this week. Um, the heart of holiness and he has a chapter in there. Um, it's really good. I mean, all of them are good, but he says, um, a word to you who would be useful. And so he talks to people that say to him, probably in, in, in his meetings, I'm not sure if I'm doing anything. Um, am, I, am I pleasing the Lord? Am I doing anything? And he, and he said that all of us want to be fruit bearers. All of us want to be soul winners. All of us want to be um, used for God. And so he says, he, said, he gave them a few um, just things to look at, things to be aware of as well. And so he said to them, he said, um, how can you be useful? Well, do what you can use whatever you have and god will bring it increase the increase so give it to god do it and he will bless it if if that's what he wants so he says um as with any cultivating new thing any new skill and, and this is the thing i think too i think we think the gifts kind of come already packaged <laughs> like like we saw the book no and jesus gives us gifts he says okay i need you to depend on me i need you to develop this because We're in this together. You're not doing this on your own. And um, so we have to work at it. My sister-in-law didn't create that masterpiece piece of art just one day. She's been painting. When I'm at her house, she's in her office painting all the time (laughs) and reading the Bible and praying and making food for me. You know, I love her. (laughs) And um, so she, so our gifts have to be developed and used and and keeping you. So I love what um, what he says. He, he says the way to become mighty in prayer, if you think you know that's what God wants you to do, is to begin. To become acquainted with the Bible, you got to begin. Um, to learn to speak, you got to begin. And you know what? I like to. I love that one because I teach speech at at seminary. I teach principles of, of, uh, speaking and, um, which is funny. Sometimes I think, Whoa, you know, <laughs> what do I do? And, you know, I, I, mess up all the time when I speak, but anyway, that's okay. Um, so I had some students, um, well, they always come petrified I mean, as you know, fear of speaking is right up there. Well, it's, it's higher than fear of death people would rather die than speak in public. I've I've read articles, I don't know. So I love it, these these students come because they know they've got to learn. They want to, they're taking the first step. And because they're new students, they haven't had any Bible, I don't ask them to do um, sermons or even devotionals. I just, you know, we're gonna start with what you know. Is there a hobby or is there something um, that interests you? make a speech about that so I had this one woman who began to send me you know I'd asked for all these little art um, uh, assignments and she began to kind of send me stuff on alcoholism and um, how it affects family and and as I began to get to know her I realized that her family had been totally um, decimated by alcoholism and she told me that um, she because her mother couldn't live with her drunk father and the only job her father could get was at a cemetery and so she would be dropped her mom would stop in front of the cemetery and give um, whatever the dad needed and she would have to go into the cemetery as a young kid and try and find her dad and give him what he needed and um and so it was terrifying for her So as she shared, so the final speech was, um, I said, you don't have to, you know, make this personal at all, just share about it. And as she began to share, she began to say, you know, this has affected my family. And I see how God has come um, through. She just testified how God had saved her. and, And at the end, she came to me and she said, you know what? I know now that God wants me to use me to talk to other people about alcoholism and how God can change your future. He can change your, your, your family. He can change the dynamic if you let him come in. And she said, you know, I was so afraid to even speak, but now I know that Jesus is, can use me. And, and, you know, as she spoke, I, I saw in her face a radiance as someone that was finally free from, from fear, free from just saying, God, use me, use me. And so sometimes it's that first step. If you don't know, say, Jesus, I don't know if you want me to do any speaking, but I'll sign up for a speaking, preach, uh, uh, speech class. (laughs) Maybe he can start there or take a seminary class or something, or sit in on a preaching conference. I don't know. Take that first step. Um, and then, um, and then he also said, maybe if you want to, if you want to fish for souls, you got to start a little at a time. And, um, and so I love um, that he says, just whatever you have in your hand, kind of, you know, Moses, whatever you have in your hand, do it and use it to begin and keep at it. Don't get discouraged because uh, because you can't do it as well as someone else, he says. Um, and so he, he says, it's very clear God has a work for you to do and no one else can do it. Isn't that precious? God meant that work for you and you for that work. And if you if you do not do it, it will never get done. The thing then for you to do is to go to God and thank him for what gifts he you have and for giving you some work to do. And then ask him for wisdom to do it bravely, faithfully, wisely, and he will surely be with you. Isn't that beautiful? Um and the thing is, is that the devil can get in, in at us when we think, oh, I don't have anything. Oh, I can't do it. And it's so pleasing to the devil. He loves it when we just tell <laughs> tell ourselves how bad we are. <laughs> we got to stop that because in Jesus, he will help us. Um, so begin with what you have. Secondly, he says, you need to encourage your Your poor trembling heart because I know when people get up to speak or with the promises and examples and um, be steadfast unmovable always abounding in the work of the Lord since you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord and the devil's going to tell you it's all in vain who cares it's not in vain if it's done for Jesus God will surely use you and make you a blessing so we're going to move from well, I'm going to read this quote from, from John Wesley, because he has some pretty um, great ideas about the gifts. Um, he says, whether these gifts are of the Holy Spirit, are meant to remain in the church through all ages, or whether or not they are restored as the restoration of all things are near, are issues that need not be decided. I love that. he, he When there's a kind of like, he doesn't know there's a definite uh, a position, he says, okay, we don't need to, Decide that. It is opportune, however, to observe that even in the childhood of the church, God carefully distributed these gifts. Were they all prophets? Were they all miracle workers? Did everyone have a gift for healing? Did they all speak in tongues? Not at all. Maybe not one in a thousand. Probably none except the leader of each church. And among these teachers, perhaps even just a few of them. And this is what I love. It was therefore for a higher purpose that the simple possession of these gifts that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. That was. And so so Wesley talks about in, in this sermon, um, uh, scriptural Christianity, there are extraordinary gifts, as we're, we've been talking about, that, that the Spirit gives to us, but then there's the ordinary gift. And that's what we need to all have. <laughs> there's no if and or but. We all... Um, have to have the ordinary gifts that the, the spirit gives to us okay so that's why we see chapter 13 in first corinthians you have first corinthians 12 talking about the gifts and um one's bickering back and forth and envious I, and i love i love last week when um we we're talking about remember that motley crew of cohort uh Molly Crew of, of, oh my goodness! I can't believe I've forgotten it. The cohort, those inbred sins, that that jealousy, envy, that are part of the old nature. And I love crickets' prayer. We just don't have time for it. We just don't have time. So I love that we can just put aside all this kind of bickering and whatever that brings a disunity. We don't have time. There's so much to do. We got to get going because the Holy spirit has given us these gifts of gentleness, goodness, love, long suffering, joy, faith, peace, meekness, temperance, so that we can bring the mind of Christ to the world. Okay. So, um, this is um, one of the things, one of his quotes from that same sermon, uh, spiritual Christianity, biblical Christianity. And, um, I'm going to read it. Um, The Holy Ghost was to give them the mind which is in Christ, those holy fruits of the Spirit, which whoever does not have is none of his, to fill them with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, to endue them with faith, with meekness and temperance, to enable them to crucify the flesh with its affections, its lust. Passions and desires, and in consequence of that, inward change to fulfill all outward righteousness. And I love this. This is what what Paul started to say: to walk as Christ walked, to walk with the Spirit, the work of faith, in the patience of hope, the labor of love. And as we look at these gifts, we think, Jesus. <laughs> I am so in need of you to come in and give me these things. Of course, love is the, is, is, is the agape love, the, 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 the leader of the, of the whole rest of these. And so when we ask Jesus for his love, if we ask him, he will give it to us. And what I want to say is that if we read these and say, oh, my goodness, I've got so far to go, that's OK, because I, I love um, this quote that my sister, who has a, a blog she, on books, she sent this about prayer, really. But he says, whenever we have any part in our life that we're just like, feel like we're falling short, we're, we're not quite coming up. He says, you can count on him to do in your heart all that ought to be done there he can do it. So if there's any part, you say, Jesus, I just don't know if I can have the patience that I need to with this loved one. Okay. Thanks for noticing. I knew that grace. <laughs> I already knew that. And now I'm here to help you. So I think when we face up to our, our the inadequacies, he says, okay, I'm enough for that. I can fill you with myself. And Not that it's gonna be, I want to say this carefully. I think he can come and liberate us in some of these things really uh, quickly. I know he can, (laughs) but there's sometimes I've got to keep, uh, the word in Portuguese is is ligado. I got to keep connected. I've got to keep connected with him so that I don't do it on my own. And even if it's hard, that doesn't mean he's not helping you. It means you are really getting to understand your limitations. <laughs> and that he says, I know it's hard, but just press into me, press into me and I will do it. I'm gonna um, kind of just close with a story um, uh, in, in this book. Um, by Samuel Logan Bringle. And he said, um, this preacher had in his congregation a lawyer who was very skeptical and wasn't Christian. And um, so he, you know, tried to make his sermons kind of, you know, uh, you know, kind of convincing and things. And so one day the lawyer came into his office and said, I found Jesus. <laughs> and he said, oh, and he, tried not to blush, but he said, um, and what sermon was it that touched your heart? And he goes, oh, <laughs> it wasn't your sermon at all. <laughs> and I think we preachers got to get ready for that because <laughs> it's probably not our study at all. But anyway, he was leaving church and he saw this crippled old lady and he, he ran to help her down the stairs and she, he helped her down the sidewalk and she looked up to him and, he, and she thanked him. And she said, do you love my Jesus? And he goes, that's what it was. I realized I didn't know Jesus like she knew Jesus. (laughs) And I went to go find Jesus. And I love that story because it's the fruit of the spirit in the church. And so you don't know who you're rubbing shoulders with. But this man, who was so lost in the middle of the church, found Jesus. Of course, the word was preached. He heard truth. But sometimes it takes... Just this precious old lady saying, "Do you know my Jesus?" <laughs> and I so I love that. So I just pray for you, ladies, as you love your Jesus and you take him wherever you go. In your home, if you are taking care of people that need are needing your help. Um, if you are out in the church, you're out doing other things. Jesus is using you, giving you the mind of Christ, so that you are oriented towards others. And that's what holiness in the church is. The unity, the fruitfulness, and taking his mind out into, into, the, into the world. So I just pray for us tonight that we would have um, just that heart to say, Jesus, I don't know what gifts you have for me. I don't care, I mean, whatever. But I want the gift of yourself in me. I'm to take that to the world. Okay, can, can we pray? Okay. Oh, Jesus, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you for <laughs> your poured out extravagant love that just rolls over us and in us and through us. And Jesus, <laughs> we don't ever want to go in any situation without that, without you in us and through us. So open our, our hearts even to all that you want to do. Strengthen us for whatever task you want us to do, wherever that's to go, or if it's not to go, that you would give us your peace, your joy, your patience, your loving kindness, your goodness, in all of these, Jesus, so we can reflect you and give you all the glory, Jesus. We love you and we pray this in your name. Amen.